welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the long-term shadowy plans coming to fruition that are totally not just revenge against one dude, I swear to God. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about chapters 13 through 16 of Legacy of the Force. Book 5, Sacrifice. We're almost done. We're two-thirds of the way through the book by the time we finish this episode. Yeah, man. But that's this episode. Bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, child soldier Ben takes a textbook headshot. Lumaya and Mara go head-to-head and to shin. Master's emergency meet, and Ben confesses to Spy Mom. Jason arrests the leader of the free galaxy. But that was last time, Tim. Stop dwelling in the past, Tim. I always look forward to reading there to hearing you say those because I'm I not know. I'm not a part of those. No, you're so not uh, you're, exactly. <laughs> little one sentence summary. I know you're not privy to it. It's no. a little surprise for you every week. It is. They're sometimes they're good. <laughs> <laughs> but that was last week. This week we start with chapter thirteen at a forward, frontward, start word, go word. Senate building. Trading on the ISE was suspended in the early hours of this morning when Acting Chief of State Admiral Cha Nyathal declared temporary martial law following the shock arrest of Kalamas. A statement is expected in the Senate within the hour. Meanwhile, other galactic financial centers report brisk trading. KDYA shares closed 50.3 credits up on yesterday and both Mandel Mortars and Rush Industries ended the day up more than 30 credits. Market news, business headlines. That's a big jump. That is a lot. That's 50%, 30%, whatever like, uh, numbers they said. 30, 30 credits up is... 30 credits that's, up. That's, that's big, That's man. huge that's big jump. shares. That's big shares. So, the acting chief of state, Admiral Chai Nathal... What? Chai... Yeah, what did I just say? <laughs> Chai uh, Nathal. I turn into... I was from Nolens all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, no. I am still doing my voice from the and <laughs> We just finished playing our weekly, uh, one of our weekly D&D games. Anyhow. Yeah, we're all nerd all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Acting Chief of State, Supreme Commander, Cha Nyathal. It's not an easy name. No, it's not. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Has ended martial law. What? Ended? Oh my Started. god! I'm not. I'm not doing this. Has enacted martial go. law. That's the word in the notes. The pencil is a little light here in the darkness. Nonetheless, well, martial they- law is in order. Stocks are dropping, except for the Mando stocks, and it's just temporary. She says. Yeah, it's it's the defense stocks, like the KDY That's is right. like planetary defense, yeah, and the, then the uh, Roche Industries and Mando Shipyard Motors. stuff. The, yeah, uh, manufacturing sector. Yeah, if you will. But I'm sure this martial law is just temporary. It always is. As it always is in every example of fiction history and non-fiction history, these things always seem to iron themselves out with little to no bloodshed. Cut to (laughs) Admiral Cha Nyathal slash Acting Chief of State Nyathal. I just want to say that more. That's kind of wild. Like... Picking up on her from the beginning of the books, she had the ambition to take Omas's, uh his office and stuff like that, but she never was going to go outside of the law to do it. No, she was just going to wait for him to step down, really. And she didn't. She didn't go outside the law. He did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they got gift wrapped and handed to her. Yep. <clears throat> there she is, prepping in the Senate building for that big hollow news address, announcing to the citizens her position... And Jason's. Yes. She announces, I'm going to be asking Colonel Solo to join me as Joint Chief of Staff. State? Staff? Whichever one it is. Because I'm not in it for the power. (laughs) Okay? I'm here to do the right thing. And I think uh, the two of us together will be able to balance and check and balance each other into doing the right thing and staying the right course. For the Galactic Alliance. Yeah, when really it's more for, I'm not letting you throw me under the bus there, yep. Jason. Yep, and she she uh, reiterates to them, like, reassure the people about the martial law, blah, blah, blah. It's temporary, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's totally temporary. And here, 
Senator Gasil is worried about Mandalore rearming. Nyathal, not so much. She calls them phenomenal soldiers who want to live their primitive warrior fantasy. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty accurate up until recently. Yeah. Where nobody has this information of the changing culture of the Mandalorians. Where they are trying to be one. Yeah, be <laughs> an actual culture. culture. And I'm just imagining how many Mando would be upset with her to the point of wanting to kill her if yeah, yeah. they heard her say well, that. Well, no, no, they wouldn't be mad at all. Because it's not at all dismissive of them as an entire race and people. No, it's totally not. And it's also not <laughs> a gross underestimation of what they're doing out there <laughs> at all. No. She she's a great she's a great tactician. She's a forward thinker, not at all short sighted or dismissive. But who could have known they actually are building a government, Tim? How are these people supposed to know that? After hundreds of years of them being mercenaries for hire and sporadic spread across the universe. Well, yeah. How are you just, supposed to know? They don't know and they're because they've been so far removed from everything galactic, they're just Again, they're off in the outside. They're like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Who cares? And when your president is Boba Fett, it's not a whole lot of secrets being shared. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he understands this information that Mandalore is doing its own thing and not what everybody else thinks. That information is so invaluable. Yeah. And so even were he at the negotiating table or like the, the Senate or whatever, if he had a seat at the Senate, yeah, he wouldn't be saying anything at all. Anyway. He'd let them think what they wanted to think. He would. Absolutely. But Gasil is still concerned because he says, Fett wants to see Jason fall. And Nyathal says, a, a line that I thought was very pertinent to our... Constant wondering what the hell Lumaya is up to. Where Nyathal says, I don't buy fostering galactic chaos just to get back at one man. Wait a minute. Why is this being said? On purpose. This is a novel. It's fiction. Yes. These words were all written on purpose. You know? I have to keep wondering if that's not at least part of Lumaya's freaking plan. She says it and she says to herself, even when she's alone, it's about his destiny. And you know, uh, he's supposed to take control of the universe or the force or whatever the hell she never, ever even says to herself. And I'm going to get that son of a bitch, Luke Skywalker too, uh, while I'm at it, even, you know, yeah. Deny, 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 deny. But why is this being said? It's gotta be for a reason. Is Lumaya lying? Is it, is it about Luke or is it partially about Luke? Like, come on, man. It has to be. Nobody is that dispassionate. Even even, even Boba a, Fett. Even a half-robot Sith? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Even Boba Fett, who has spent his entire life killing people, still has his inside thoughts where he thinks emotional things and thinks about things. Yeah, he does. Who knows, man? She's a whole different... She's. She was the Mara Jade who never got saved. She was the emperor's killing machine who saved herself, but not to the light. You know, yeah. I guess in a way where like Vader and Palpatine died and she was kind of on her own and survived, she, I guess. Yeah, she survived Mara. Herself. Yeah. Mara was saved. She survived. Yeah. Quite a striking difference painted between the two of them. But back to the addressing of the Senate, Nyathal delivers her speech. She even shows some of the evidence from Omas's meeting with Gedjin, yep. which she's like, pretty sure that's contempt of court, but because eh, it's going to eh, ruin any fairness he would have had in a trial. Nah, but she does it anyways. Yeah. She pushes the law there. And with little to no complaint, she's finished. And the coup is fully complete. Yeah. It has been accepted by the Senate now. Nice and smooth. It really didn't cause any uproar. Yeah. She and Jason are joint chief of state. No uproar at all. Only Gadget had to get his head blown off. Lakalf had to get blown up in a spaceship. Other than that, seamless transition. Hey. As far as those kind of missions go, it's probably pretty low uh, cost. Two, two 
to overthrow government a, changes in one and only two people dead. Yeah. One trigger pulled, two governments overthrown. Yep. Whoa. That's a good point. <laughs> That's hella efficient. And one galactic yes. government. Yes. Like so. And like the Confederation, they're picking up steam too, man. They ain't fooling around. No, they're not. Nyathal, though, is quite wary of Jason. Like, she's already thinking ahead to how she's going to have to keep him on a leash. Yeah. Cut to the Jedi Council Chamber. The topic? Jason motherfucking Solo. Of course. And the story of what the hell is happening. (laughs) (laughs) How is he chief of state? He doesn't talk to us. He's making the Jedi look bad. What can we do? It's all legal. There's nothing we can do. The Jedi Council as a whole comes to the, uh, I don't know, the decision. They're the, the dumbest smart people. Yeah. And so they're kind of stuck in that hard <clears throat> spot, though, where like they even ask this question. Do we act as our own independent party right now or are we just a tool of the government? Are we our own independent third party between the GA and the Confederation and and the Jedi? Are we the third pole on that uh, dipolar magnet? Or are we just a part of the GA and we're not going to stand up to them or question them? Or I don't know. They are in a hard spot, but they wouldn't be if they would just take the responsibility that is theirs and do the right thing with it. Like Jason was talking about earlier chapters ago, a week or two ago, whenever we did that podcast. But I remember him saying that about, he was trashing democracy. Yeah. The people who are, who have the power to make the change don't use that responsibility. Well, same thing reflected in the Jedi, right? Nobody has a clear answer of what to do. And yeah, cause Jason's actually been pretty slick about it. Um, it's legal. They're supposed to follow the law. Everything is when you change the laws. Yeah. And when you can change the laws to change the laws. There is one person though, with a clear decision and that's Mara. Yep. What is that decision? Kill Lumaya. Kill the bitch. Cut to G A G H Q. Ben is still crushed about Lakauf, but he lays the problem out clean. He thinks to himself, okay, I'm 14. I could say, all right, I'm just a kid and I don't have to be tough when my buddies get killed. But I can't pick and choose when I act like an adult. I've got to get on with it or go to school like every other kid my age. And that's, that's, that's a, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, he's not wrong. That's the thing. And it kind of comes back to that responsibility of power thing too, where... Yep, you could go to school, but you have these magic powers that make you way more valuable to the the goodness of society. You know, like you have so much positivity to offer society already at 14. You're not allowed to go to school. You have to go save the world. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you can't have it both ways. And obviously that reality sinks in more and more with him as he, you know, does more things and crosses more lines. He didn't yeah. think you would ever cross. This is your new reality, Benjamin. You have to accept it. The great power, the great responsibility thing again. Yeah, all that. All that jazz. And now it's time for the heart-crushing, world-shaking revelation that almost had me in friggin' tears when I was reading this. Just thinking about being Ben. He heads towards Jason's office, disappearing from the force because he knows how to do that. And he's sad. And he hears voices coming through the door of Jason's office. Jason and a familiar sounding woman whose voice he can't place at first. He hears Jason say he mind rubbed Ben. That sounds gross. That does sound gross. Jason then says the name of the lady he's talking to. Lumaya. A wave of emotions crashes over Ben. He's embarrassed. He's betrayed. He's in agony, pain, and fear. This is the woman who just beat his mom to a pulp. Yep. And Jason is talking to her like they're best friends. So many, you know, like all that belief that you had and all that trust that you had just 
crushed immediately, but not in a concrete way, in like a confusing way. Yeah, it's I, the the way I I thought of it was when like because of his idea of Jason, when somebody who you've had around your whole life dies suddenly. Yeah, and it's just like, wait, what? 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 No, that didn't happen. No, wait, what? what? It's how is that? that how was that real? Yeah. How was how was he sitting in there talking to this person? Everybody tells me is a super threat to my life and a super dangerous bad guy, and almost killed my mom. How is she sitting in there? How is he not arresting her? How are they friends? Why are they? Is yeah. All of that. Just his whole world is just collapsing around him. It's crushing, man. It's terrible. And he doesn't know what to do. No. He knows he he has to tell somebody, and there's only one person he can trust and one person he can tell. One person who can help, and that's Mama Mara. That's right. Some old secrets are finally being revealed here. Yeah. She doesn't have a daughter. He mind-rubbed Ben. That was from the end of book one. Mm Mm-hmm. Here we are. Two thirds of the way through, well, a little more than half through book five now. That's a long time for that to stay buried. And we've been saying the whole time when that comes up, when Ben finds out about that, it's going to be a fucking bomb. Well, and that's because I think either Jason and Lumaya right now are too into talking to each other and they're not paying attention or he's hiding in the forest. They taught him how to hide or Jason taught him how to hide. That's what he says. He's hiding in the forest. And he says he also can't feel the other person in the room. Like Jason's hiding in the forest. And so is the other person in the room. So all three of them are hiding in the forest right now. Nobody can feel anybody, (laughs) but he can hear them. Yeah. Cause they're actually talking. And so, he boots it back down the hallway and he's out of there. Yeah. Chapter 14 kicks us off with another forward, frontward, startward, goward. If you think you're going to scare us off by cozying up to the Mandalorians, bug boy, you've got another think coming. That's what my book says. That is what my book says as well. I missed it completely. Just picked it up now as I'm trying to very articulately pronunciate every syllable. You've got another think coming. You got another think coming. It could be because he's from a different planet. Yeah, it could be just a turn of phrase, a weird uh, yeah. colloquialism. But it's not, Tim. It's a damn typo. Yeah. It's a Mercanon guy, whatever. Yeah. Mercanon's threatening the Roche again. Obviously. Read about one or two of these, a book. The typos. Yeah. I mean, hey, that happens, right? That's but, a lot of words, so that's pretty good. And in defense of the editing, we didn't even... We read it once already. Yeah. I Actually, s- twice sk- in my lifetime. Skimmed right past <laughs> it. Once very recently. Didn't notice it. Skimmed right over it. Right by it. I read it. Yeah. But this brings back to the point of what is the GA going to do about these small planets asking for help? Mercana is a GA state. The Roche planet is now in arms with the Mandos. And so are they going to spread out everywhere and protect every little whiner? Or are they going to try to win the war? We're just bringing that back up real quick. Yeah. To remind you of what's going on out there. But we really start on the Bavine Vasur farm. Apparently, Mandalore isn't even the name of Mandalore. All this time, everything in the world is called Mandalore. This or that. The traditional name for Mandalore, the planet, is actually Manda Yaim. Yes. So, here's a tip for anybody who wants to build a culture where maybe you don't breed a bunch of people who have no communication skills. Don't call everything the same thing. Yes. Make up different words. We don't need 6,000 words for snow. Don't call everything Mandalore something. Manda this, Mando something. Mandalore, Mandalore, or Mandalore. Stop it. New words. (laughs) New fucking words. Okay? I'm tired of this shit. Like, this is fucking... It's getting on my nerves. It's kind of stupid. And like, like just a... A nitpicky annoyance way. Yeah. I, I, oh God. Anyways, 
It's called Manda Yaim. Okay. And Mand Alor for the Mandoad. New words. Get some. No. We get it. We get it. <laughs> so Mando, named Venku, shows up to deliver the long sought cure to Boba Fett's approaching demise. Just like that. You did a good thing. Here comes a cure in a box. No details about how it works, but the proof is in the Mando pudding. Because Venku looks 20 years younger than Boba Fett and identical to him. He reveals himself to not be Venku. Aha! I tricked you. My real name is Kadika. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not really tight on the Mandalorian lore or the clone lore or the clone war lore or the clone warlord war lore. But he says, interesting to meet you at last, Uncle Boba. So how does that work? And I think Myrta kind of says it later or something, but this guy is the son of a clone because Boba Fett, they can, the clones consider Boba Fett their brother. Brother, yeah. Because Django is Papa. Yes. And so this Venku slash Kadika. Kadika, which doesn't just doesn't that just mean little something? Yeah. Kika means small. And yeah. Cad probably means cousin. Because I don't fucking no. Because I know Bavine calls Boba calls him Bobika sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Little Boba. So yeah. This so. is little Cad. Yeah, little Cad. Uh, saying, "Hey, Uncle Boba, I don't understand clones." Like. At all. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that's a weird situation. This is the strangest family tree once you clone everybody from one It'd dude. It'd be like a flatline. But I just... Uh, cut to... <laughs> no. Long story short, the guy delivers the uh, the cure that... Uh, what was the other guy's name? Jang Skarata said he was going to give to Boba Fett. So he's got his cure. Cut to... A tap calf on Coruscant. Jumping right back into tears because I was just on the verge of bawling the whole time reading this. I, I cry about everything. It is my one response to all emotions, good or bad, large or small. But I was like, this is so such a hard conversation to picture being his mom and he's coming to you and saying all this stuff. Uh, I think I, I would have a harder let, time with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's get to the actual thing. They jump right back to like the immediate moment after Ben has caught up with his mom. They're in the tap calf and he's revealed Jason's lies to her. And she mad, bro. She says, thinks to herself, Jason wasn't weak minded enough to fall that far and fast unless he wanted to. There's no way Lumaya is just controlling him like a puppet. Yeah. There's no way he's not guilty of all these things that Ben is telling her. The mind rubbing, the schmoozing with Lumaya. She doesn't have a daughter. The setup on Zyost, he tells her about everything. Yeah. He's already told her about the Gedgen assassination, and that was Jason's assignment specifically for him. All of it. Now she's thinking of Jason as Lumaya's accomplice. He's no victim. He is her accomplice. He is not a victim of her evil. No. 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 And that's a, ch a big change in her thinking. Because, obviously, the whole time she's been giving him the benefit of the doubt. She, as, she said as it was girl problems. Has. But even still, she it, in the back pocket is that, oh, uh, but is he just being controlled, right? Yeah. But no. When you think about J what you know about Jason, that's not how it works. There's no way he's being controlled by somebody to that level. Yeah. Yeah. Ben spills about Zyos and the ship too. And Mara puts that all together. Oh, the ship choke slammed me to death from behind when I was fighting Lumaya. Like it was the ship. Oh, cause he's like, I can, you can think it. It'll make any weapon you want. It does, does whatever you want. She's like, She's feeling like she's just being handed missing puzzle pieces. Yeah. You know, she's just clicking them into place with her spy brain. Click, click, ship, 
Oh, Lumaya. Oh, GAG thing. Oh, Jason. Oh, mother. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she figures out. She, she basically gets the whole story. She the whole thing together. She gets the whole story now. She kind of leaves a lemma out of the whole thing because she's not really pertinent to what's happening, but she feels like she's got the puzzle solved. Well, she knows Alema's not really a big plan person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and with the puzzle salt, she says she feels like a transcendent clarity fall over her. And I quote, she was the hand again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. that gave me goosebumps, man. That's chilling. There's no fury. There's no anger or rage. There's calm and there's clarity and there's purpose. She thinks to herself, I trusted a monster, ignored every sign. How could I have done that? It's up to me to fix it. Ben teaches Mara to vanish in the force, and she leaves him with some final words at the tap calf. I want you to know that whatever I do, however much of a stranger you think I become, I love you, and you're my heart, every fiber of it. Nothing matters to me more than you. That's where the tears were coming, I'm sure. No, it was way before that. (laughs) Cut to Jason's apartment on Coruscant, where Jason is having a bit of a different night than we usually see him. He is ordering takeout. Yeah. (laughs) He is running a bath. He is writing... He will immortalize his love in the steam on the wall. Some straight up serial killer shit right there. Yeah. He's trying to figure out what the hell it means. Yep. As we all are. All the way through these books. Specifically that one. What does it mean? It's it's so abstract to immortalize your love. Yeah. That, it could mean so many different things, right? And there's so many different like it's just as interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. With it, something as abstract as that. Does it mean you write a book about it? Does it mean you, uh, carve it into a mountain, like a Mount Rushmore? Does it mean you murder it? Does like, yeah. How and what? Yeah. Know. Yeah. Cause there's something that's that abstract. There's so many different ways of looking at it. So open-ended just, whereas most of the other tassels were pretty straightforward. Yeah. He will have a pet. He will like, you know, whatever they were. I can't remember off the top of my head. Some about But this destroying. one in, in particular was really nebulous. He's trying to figure it out. So he does what everybody would do, I guess, and eats his takeout in the bathtub. Ladies and gentlemen, arrest this man because that should be illegal. <laughs> That's disgusting to me. Don't eat food in your bathtub. The fuck? I don't know. That's just me. Depends on the takeout. I know people do it all the time. And it's normal. And takeout containers float. I've seen it on the internet. That's what, I get it. I th- That's gross. See, I see. I, I wouldn't eat like Chinese food or anything like that. Well, but technically pizza's takeout. I could eat pizza. Yeah, but I don't want to drop a ba- pepperoni in my bathtub. I don't want a pepperoni bath bomb, man. <laughs> no. it's not, I don't want my skin to be part of that transaction. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, I don't want to be in there. Anyways, back to Jason. Eating his, I don't know, <laughs> spicy toy dairy and takeout in the in the bathtub. He drifts off as we all do in the bathtub. I actually fell asleep in the bathtub the other night. <laughs> I've done that too for like three hours. Oh, <laughs> 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 and I woke up freezing to death. <laughs> and there's nothing more fun than getting dried off and dressed and you're shaking shaking like a shorn lamb at three o'clock in the morning, freezing to death in a tub of water that was already too small for you to begin with. Three, three so, hours. <laughs> so that's where Jason is right now. He drifts <laughs> off and he's, instead of having dreams, he's having force visions of Ben crying over the price is too high. Bob Barker type of dreams. Drew Carey yeah. type of dreams. Sorry. Updated for the kids. Bob Barker's still alive. And I think this is where Jason finally really does resolve himself to kill Ben. Or maybe not resolve himself, maybe resigns himself. But he's sitting there in the bathtub thinking about how 
I'm gonna have to kill him. His his parents are gonna be mad. He's thinking about his his uh, his ar- uh, full travel armory that he has between lightsaber and other weapons and poisons and and nerve gases and he, what he's what does he say? He's got them all covered, biological, chemical, and mechanical. All yeah. the weapons you would need. And one more thought in the bathtub before he wakes up freezing to death (laughs) after three hours when ben was gone who would be his apprentice what a good question because so far in the books nobody else has been set up at all no to take this spot so who the hell else is it going to be if it's not ben because nobody else has been nobody else has been introduced in the story to no to be like, anywhere near him anywhere near even close like anybody that he would care about trust think about even no nobody's been mentioned the, the only other random force user that's come in has been Alema, and she's batshit crazy yeah and nelani or nelani and she got uh, her fucking uh, face it, cut it, in. she'd be dead he did i don't know who good question jason <laughs> when ben is gone who's his apprentice gonna be yeah that know. is a good question chapter 15 Starts with another forward, frontward, startward, goward. This has to be about more than getting tough on chaos and disorder. I need to be tough on the causes of chaos and disorder. Greed, corruption, and ambition. Jason Solo, Joint GA Chief of State, speaking at a lunch for the heads of Coruscanti Industry. Ironic. No? Yeah, a little bit. I need to be tough on the causes of chaos. Not that you can't fight chaos itself. You must fight the cause of the chaos. Yeah, causes like my Sith Master. I mean, I don't have one of those. Mm-hmm. Just uh, regular causes. Oh. The chapter actually starts. On the same goddamn farm, on Mandalore, slash Mandayayim. Boba, curing, time. Now, I've been looking forward to this all day. Let me describe to you how Boba Fett gets this cure. Four injections directly into the bone marrow of his sternum. A A needle so big you can see the hole in the tip of it. And I would like to take this moment... To call on our resident big needle expert, Tim, <laughs> over at Big Needle Desk. How does that fucker feel, man? How many times do you think you've had bone marrow taken? Well, I can tell you that it's only been once. Oh, really? And I can tell you that it's only going to be once. I thought you had to do it multiple times. No, I had different like injections. Sure. But... Through the port and stuff, after yeah, or what? and like, like I had injections in like the, my spine and stuff. But, but didn't where did they take the bone marrow from? Your out hip? of my hip, out of my pelvic bone, in the back. No. Yeah, yeah, like left side. That's what she says too, eh? She's oh. like, the other place I can take it from is your pelvic bone. The vet tells Boba Fett that, like, in the yeah. Thing. So that's obviously true to yeah. the point. But like, how try try to put into any words. How that feels? Well, uh, I'm trying to give it something that's happened to you that would have caused you like pain, maybe. Remember that one time that like you said duck, and I thought you said look. Okay. And I took a slap shot right in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I yes, I do remember that. Okay. So that's probably like that's about as high as I've ever been hurt. Okay. Yeah. That's that's nowhere close. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would be. That's not close. I don't know. I just said that like a pirate too. I, I've I've broken arms and I've broken bones and yeah and and all that stuff. But I can tell you, I if they want to take bone marrow from me again, Kill unless me they first. unless they put me out, it's not happening. And then how long like does it hurt after the fact? It's got to hurt for a long time after. Yeah, it's a it it's a metal going in, a piece of metal going into your bone. It hurts for days. Ugh. Hurts for for me. It hurt for like three days, but that was only one piece that they took because they were just they just needed to test it. Right. When they do like a bone marrow transplant, yeah, they do three on either side. 
Ugh. On each side. On each side. Oh. So you like can't sit properly for like week. three weeks. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. One hurt for three days. Man. So four needles to the chest. It was worth it though. Oh, it was worth it. I'm I'm still here. I'm it's much I'm like Boba Fett. Yeah. Here you are still alive. That's right. But fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about the time I hit you in the shoulder slash neck with that pressure gauge? I don't even remember. <laughs> you, I win then. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, being on the ground because nobody said anything. Well, I did. No. <laughs> no, what happened was me and Todd were like behind. And it was just, I was trying to throw this like 15 pound pressure gauge, probably 10 pounds, over the fence. Yeah. Just out into the junk pile in the back where, you know, we were all walking that direction. And it clipped the side of the barn. <laughs> and it was just, I remember like looking at it and I think I did say something. Todd was standing next to me and I went, it's not gonna. And then it did. Yeah. And as soon as it hit the barn, I, it just changed directions. And I'm like, it's not, g-. it did. <laughs> Boom. Hit you in the shoulder and that crumpled you to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like it was no, like there was no resistance at all <laughs> to the thing. Just went right freaking through you. You didn't break nothing, though. No. Nothing was broken. And, like, you weren't even, like, hurt. No. I, I, you probably la- had a concussion. Later that day, I tried to shoot a... I tried to test my wrist shot. Oh, yeah. That didn't work. That hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, like, told you, your mem that you fell off a fence. It made my brother go get the sling. Were gone for they were gone the one time that they ever went on yeah. vacation. For, like, uh, for their anniversary or something. It yeah. was October. Oh, yeah, that's just a little taste for y'all about how far me yeah. and Tim go back there and how it feels to get a bone marrow. Yeah, needle, needle to the bone marrow. Not so much bone. fun. But much like Tim, yeah, Boba Fett should start recovering in a few days. And Myrta at this point decides the sheer guts this man shows by taking these shots. He almost breaks her hand off when he's. When he, not the shots, when he's getting the injection. I guess that is what that is. <laughs> but like he's like squeezing her hand so hard when they're jamming the needle into his bone marrow to rejuvenate his entire body. He gets up and he puts his armor on and it's like nothing ever happened. Obviously, that's easy to portray, easier to per- portray through the uh, thick visage of the armor. But she decides that sheer show of guts is enough of an opening for her to seriously look hard for something to love about this guy. Yeah. Like that's a good starting point. I love how tough he is. Yep. And I really just want to love my grandpa. Yeah. Like that's so like sweet and heartwarming and itself kind of a reflection of the changing Mandalorian thing. That's yeah. Going on right now, you know, the overarching change where they're trying to, they want to find a way and a reason to reconnect more with their own history. And yeah, I don't know. I think Myrta's really cool, man. She she is a good she, character to to add. What do you call that? I don't know. <laughs> she's like a secondary character that adds more depth to everyone around her. Yeah, she's so deep in the sidecar. So good. Yeah. Cut to the Senate building on Coruscant, where Jason hops out of his airspeeder to mingle with the people. Specifically, these protesters out here with a free Omas banner. Okay, I understand people protest anything. Yes, they do. But what are you doing? He's on tape, on film, conducting illegal activities that he should be arrested for. Yep. And maybe the argument would be, well, that law, how did that law just get enacted the night before he got arrested? But the counter argument, Tim, would be, that's Coruscant CSF intelligence in the room with him. So you need the GAG. You can't trust Coruscant Intelligence to keep Omasa on the up and up. They were going to let him fucking murder me yep. in the GAG and Chad Nyathal. What are these people doing out there protesting this arrest? This is stupid. <laughs> Free Omasa. He did the illegal thing. Put him in jail. Dumb. But instead of taking that approach, Jason goes to the old tried and true, handed down generation to generation solo charm. Yep. Yep. And we haven't seen that in a while where he's just being in every, every person with the every people. 
But here he comes, swinging that big charm energy. He shows them the locked office inside the building. And he says, this is for elected chief of states only. We won't be using that office and blah, blah. Hammering home that point about how this is all temporary. Yeah. We understand your concerns. We feel your concerns. We didn't want the power, but we had to follow the law kind of deal. And wouldn't you know it, there's a HNE news droid out there on the plaza, as there would be at the Senate building. And it just happens to follow him in there as he's doing this speak speaking in the speech presentation. And he gets to be another one more time, a darling hero in the media to win everybody else on Coruscant over now that he's the chief of state. Yeah. Not just head of secret police, which he also still is. Yes, he is. And Nyathal still the head of the military. So between the two of them, There's so how do much you power. Them? How do you touch that? Yeah, you don't. You'd have to be the outside third-party Jedi. Yeah, you would have to be. That's the only thing that could possibly disrupt that. They have control of the police and the military. That's how you do a coup, bro. That's a that's a good coup. <laughs> that's a good one. But now that he's a hero again in the media, giving this good message, uh, reflecting what, what Nyathal was saying, people are going to be more reluctant to believe all the evil that he's done when that comes out they're going to be way more reluctant to believe that stuff yeah but what do you mean i i heard him talk i talked to him at the senate building he how could he, how could somebody like that do something like you know all that benefit of the doubt shit that's been fucking skating him by the whole time man and it's working it's working like a real solo charm yeah <laughs> oh bad pun yes yeah, but, but it was good but for now it's time to meet with who the fuck cares from planet what the hell ever? <laughs> it's the Mercana slash Roche thing, but it's really about spreading forces thin and having a chance to disagree with Nyathal. Their first official disagreement in office. Yeah. She doesn't want to send anybody. Jason wants to send a small crew, but mostly just to spy on that new Mando tech that we've been hearing about. How could that possibly step on any toes or hurt any feelings or incite any violence uh, spying on Mandalorians. I'm sure that'll be fine. Uh, well, they don't have any plan. They have no plan to deal with all these Mandalorians. No. Because they're underestimating them the whole way. Which they really shouldn't. Like You'd think, right? The Mandos are crazy. How do you sit there and just go, ah, they're just, they're just super strong soldiers. They'll never unionize. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> What? You think you're just going to be able to push them around and step on them forever? Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I guess that's having your own head up your ass. They've got a lot, enough stuff going on within their own government, you know, than to be keeping on the up and up of new Melandon, Mandalorian culture. You know? Well, I think with all the things that the Mandos have done, like with as far as the Vong and before that when the, with the Empire. They fought off the Empire by themselves. They fought off the Vong by themselves without you, help from the GA. You think automatically you, you become, when you become in charge or in power, that's just like an automatic tick in your thing. That's Keep an eye on that's them. That's the red light in the back of your head at all times. Going, yeah. Is that going to flash? Is there going to be a fucking emergency any second now? Because that's what that is. Like, yes, yeah. that's the shoe waiting to drop. It's hanging over your head the whole the whole. The, it the should whole, be and should be. But no, Nyathal's like, eh, it's fine. There's a bunch of barbarians out there. They don't know nothing. Cut to <laughs> luminous garden spa drawl in the Carillion system, where Mara meets up with Leia to discuss the Sith elephant in the room. She's looking for a reason that Jason might be redeemable. After having just said that he's not in the last conversation with Ben, she comes to Leia. She starts talking with Leia and, you know, she asks her, uh, what well, tell, tell me, tell me how Jason could be manipulated. You know, tell me how it's not him. Leia reiterates what we all know to be true about mm -hmm. Jason. He's stubborn and he's his own man. And Mara knows it's true. She thinks to herself, Leia, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to stop Jason. I have to. 
I'm going to have to kill your son because that's the only way of stopping him now. <clears throat> but she's not quite resolved, is she? No. Because she still decides one more chance. Like everybody who's ever regretted giving somebody another chance does. One more chance. She tells herself she needs to confront Jason one last time. One last chance for him to turn back to the light. And honestly, fair enough. Yeah. It's your nephew. It's your best friend's son. It's your Jedi duty to try and turn people back to the light. She owes it to Han and Leia is what she tells herself. She's planning to kill their son. Leia's son. Yeah. While they're sitting there sharing a fruit mountain. (laughs) Family, right? Yeah. Ah, Typical family stuff. Chapter 16. Starts with a forward, frontward, startward, goward. And it's a good one. The government of Bothui is prepared to pay 20 million credits per month for the exclusive services of a Mandalorian assault fleet with infantry. We would also be greatly interested in acquiring a squadron of Besulik assault fighters and would be prepared to pay a premium to have exclusive purchase rights to this craft. Former offer to the formal offer to the government of Mandalore. Let's break it down. What's happening? The Bothans, who are very much still involved in the war and invested in the war and not giving up to the GA now, they already switched sides. Uh-uh. They want to win. They want all the Mandos and all their new Mando toys for themselves. Yep. Exclusively. I thought about this after I read it. Bothans. Yeah. Not for the Confederation. They want them for themselves. Yeah, Bothawe only. They don't want to save the Confederation anymore. They want to save their own asses. In the aftermath of a third Karelian president being murked. And, short and it being done by Karelians. And even... Even though it wasn't done by Karelians, there are Karelians that, that are, are that are taking. Yeah, that's the the power vacuum thing where, in the absence of an answer, every answer can be the correct answer. Yeah, it doesn't matter if what is or isn't because people are going to believe separate things. But even when they're sitting here having this conversation, Leia's is like, "Yeah, nobody's in a big rush to jump into the the president of Karelia thing when you have two people killed in the span of a few months." And I'm like, "What about Toria's station?" It's three, yo. It was she wasn't she, around very long. She was the prime minister for years before she was murdered, though. She wasn't around very long in the books. In the books, no. That's why. But that's why we forgot about her. History and people who live in this world should remember her, Leia and Mara. That's true. But she's like two people, anyways. Whatever, right? Maybe she just means in the shorter time frame, the two people have been killed. Because maybe it was a few months since her. Yeah. Either way, it's rude. Yep. Left her out. That hurts. The only way you really die. By being forgotten. Chapter 16. I already started that. That was deep. Wait. But we really start in the Senate lobby on Coruscant. Where Mara hides in the force to ambush Jason into a conversation. She thinks, thanks, Ben. Neat trick. (laughs) Being able to hide in the force and sneak up on force-sensitive people could somehow come in handy at one point in my life. Okie dokie. She gives an interesting take, actually, on the on the force vanishing thing. She says, or thinks, I guess, there was something deeply unsettling about a force user, about anyone, really, who gave off no force presence. It was like standing next to someone who wasn't breathing and had no pulse. A little too close to death for Mara's liking. Here's my question for you, Tim. Hmm. Who's close to death here? Out of the two people... Hiding their presence in the force a little too close to death. Who's close to death? Is it her or Jason? They're both hiding right now. She's about to go hunt Lumaya. He's about to go disappear off to Hapes for a while. Yeah. Who hiding in the force is closer to death? 
I don't think we're going to find out in this conversation. I don't think we're going to find out in this conversation either. But she finally says it. She actually says the word to his face. Drop this Sith garbage now or take what's coming. Oh, that is a well-worded ultimatum. Take what's coming. There's nothing to be done about it after yeah. you don't choose to come back to the light. There are no more chances, allegedly. Yeah. We'll see. But he only says, his only response, the only words he says to her, good night, Aunt Mara. And he walks away. And Mara has decided, in quotes, she has said it now, yeah. Jason was going to die. That was a quite the emotional journey for her and her couple of segments there. Yeah, just in the last chapter and a half. Chapter. And the whole time along the way, just wanting to give him a chance. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Yep. Mara gave him chances. And he did not turn back to the light. So now she's gone full on hand job mode. And this chat was damn chilling. Even though they said almost nothing to each other. Just him ignoring her and saying good night, Aunt Mara, and walking. Oh, man. Dismissive little bastard, basically. It just had like such a dark overtone to it, too, of finality. Yeah. I guess because of her you know, her internal monologue there where she's like, he's going to die now. Yep. But cut to Jason's apartment on Coruscant where Lumaya is waiting for him. And she thinks Jason is the perfect combination to be a Sith Lord and master of the galaxy. He is strength driven by passion, not confined by sentimentality. His strength comes from a good place, comes from a place of passion, and his strength cannot be confined by sentimentality. But she's wrong, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't know about Tenelka and Alana. No, not at all. She, He's been pretty good at hiding it from the Master Manipulator. Which is impressive, of course. Yeah. But so, you know, based on this flaw in the foundation of her plan, the whole plan is flawed from the start. Because she doesn't know about... Because she doesn't These sentimental, know what... sentimental connections and confines that he does have that yeah. are going to confine his use of his power. He's not going to just kill Aelin Haber. Not Aelin Haber. Who the hell was the other one? That damn bounty hunter. Yeah. That's not Zam Wessel. The, oh, the what, one that drinks blood out of the stakes. What's her name? Da Her, though. Yeah. He's not going to do whatever he has to do. He's going to withhold his power for sentimental reasons. She don't know that. She's planning the entire future of the entire galaxy based on that fact that Jason would never be too sentimental to do the right thing. Well... She's wrong. (laughs) And as she's waiting for Jason, wouldn't you know it? He storms in and out and he packs a bag. And where is he going? Exactly to visit Tenel Ka and Alana. The secrets she doesn't know about. And he tells her, stay on Coruscant. I'm going to do whatever the hell lie. Yeah. And... Stay here and keep an eye on Nyathal for me. And he says another interesting thing here, too, which Luke said earlier and, and, and Mara and Leia said, too, at one point, which is he thinks if he's gone for too long, that Senator Gazil is going to start getting ideas because he is the third party in the, the two-party system. Yeah. The two of them have the power, and Gazil is the third party outside of that that can disrupt that power. Mara and Leia say a similar thing when they're talking about um, the GA and stuff. And Luke said it way back when, when he was talking about uh, Gedjin, Durgedjin being murdered. How 
once you all the unknowns move into that space and it's better to have the two that you know than the three that you don't yeah at your back it's all kind of falling into like a similar theme where if it comes to the sith thing too the rule of two yep two is safe three is unstable and right now everything is covered in threes yeah realistically you know there's three bad guys at play nobody really knows that though you know, the, the Confederation was three planets throwing everything out of balance, being the third party into the thing. And it's just a lot of people kind of reiterating the same thing. But that's where he's headed to go visit Tenelka and Alana at a terrible time because oh. Lumaya has the ship now. Yeah. Whereas before he would escape or take off and disappear in the force. And be untrackable, traceable, mm-hmm. the ship can find him. And and that that that's definitely on him because he wanted nothing to do with the thing. Yeah. Like he, he, he didn't even want to look at it. How did you not want to learn more about that ship, dude? I don't know. Too busy trying to take it. It's not it real. I want to know more about it. I want to know just what it looks like. Yeah, like Come like, on, he, someone give me a consistent description. That's all I want. I saw I looked at it online, it looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't like that picture either. Nonetheless, while she's there in the apartment, Lumaya also takes stock of Jason's belongings. Mm-hmm. The pictures are disappearing, pictures of his family. The personal belongings, like, you know, like a sweater or a little toothbrush or whatever. Uh, he only uses plain soap. He's, like, stripping down all of his, all the his things identity. outside of himself to just transition into this new person that he's going to be, right? Yeah. It's like she's he's shedding all of his skin. Yeah. He's having, undergoing a metamorphosis thing. I thought that was kind of a neat, uh, I don't know, theme. I don't know. Yeah. Not theme, but yeah, a little through Des- line. Descriptive wave. Yeah. Having him rid himself of all the things that tie him to everything, you know, his family and <laughs> reality. Yeah. <laughs> but she's planning to follow him to the Fate Consortium. And I think she's gonna find out about the secrets. So don't tell anybody. Cut to <laughs> the farm on Mandalore. I'm not saying not saying the whole name of the farm every time. Same fucking farm. It's Bevin's farm. Yeah, it's Mandalore, 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 Mandalore. Cut to Jim Man- Dabby. Mandalore. And oh shit. <laughs> The galaxy is so bonkers whacked that even Boba Criffin Fett is having nightmares. And now, just one more thing here. I love those space swears. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. <laughs> Boba Criffin Fett, man. Oh, I thought about this too. Uh, somebody said Fear Fett at some point in the book. Yeah. Or in this chapter. And I was like, man trying to think of what the anal- real life analog is and i'm like is it just like the first half of for fuck's sakes <laughs> ah, for fuck ah for fuck's sakes like you got a bit of an accent ah for fuck i i, I do picture them all being like scottish or irish yeah, for fuck. Oh, like God. just angry people anyways love the space wars it's just good stuff it is but he's having nightmares boba fett even boba fett's having nightmares just, you know, standard stuff. Dead dad's bones talking to you from the grave. Regular shit. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, it why happens. did you wait so long to unbury me? Yeah. What? Must be that. Must be that bone marrow <laughs> transplant. Yeah. Getting to his head, man. Getting into his brain. I don't know. He's having bad dreams, though. But other than that, other than the bad dreams, he's feeling better. He even thinks these exact words. I quote, Tation Marks. In the air, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That is bad news for one Jason Soldier. That... Daughter murdering chief of state of the entire galaxy. Yeah. And he's excited about it. He's excited about being back and feeling good. Well, yeah. Death is now a few more doorsteps away. Yeah. It's yeah. off the table for the time being. But how long? And how long is he going to be happy in this situation? Coming back to life 
with a new direction. Will he be happy just letting Jason Solo live? Or will Boba Fett kill Jason? Will Mara Jade kill Jason? Will Jason kill Ben? Will anyone survive? (laughs) Find out next week when we cover chapters 17 through 20 of Book 5, Legacy of the Force, Sacrifice. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And for feck's sake, he's (laughs) back! (laughs) For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.